KG. And this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy. Oh. I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. Won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh, no, not the beast! Mom, Tuck. Not the beast! Mom. Ah! I'm Mom, Tuck. Fuck Skies. Welcome to Mom, Tucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So, I got a little bit of a cold that I'm getting over, which is why I sound a little different. Um, we're also recording in a different room. I know we did it last week, but I didn't explain it, which is why shit... I don't know, like your levels were a little crazy last week, so I apologize about that if you went back and listened to it, but uh, I think I got a better handle on this. Well, that's a good start. (laughs) Yeah. But we hit two milestones this week, so I did want to address them really quick. Um, First off, this week is officially five years that this podcast has been going. Dang. Yeah, so five years. Not five years for the feed. We're at four years, ten months for the feed. But we're at five years on the page where I was putting up podcasts and still not understanding how to get onto iTunes. So (laughs) not that anybody cared about that except for me. But uh, it's really funny. I look at the hits on those early days, and I know it was just me, like, pinging it over and over again trying to figure (laughs) it out. Um and then uh, the other the other milestone we hit this week was a quarter of a million hits. Dang. Yeah. So a quarter of a million hits on the feed. So thank you guys for supporting us. Like everybody who's supporting us, that's fucking awesome. For like five years, like go ahead hit that donate button. <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> go hit the we had a good life donate button <laughs> and buy some alien movie project merch while you're at it. That I actually do get a cut of. If you want to support the show, <laughs> go buy some Alien Movie Project merch. I actually get a cut, not because I'm the Don of the Not Safer Network, as Matt and Dub Campbell, uh, I guess, dubbed me. I feel bad using dub in two parts of a sentence, but there it is. I did it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm editing now. I took over for Matt Campbell. So I'm just trying to like do what Matt did. I, that's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to like keep the ship going and uh, not fuck up anything. So hopefully you like it. But that episode should have dropped today. I'm assuming that we're going to put this up somewhere around 11 to 11.30. So if that is the case, we will have released on the same day as the Alien Movie Project. So I think I know why Aaron does that too because I've been looking up a lot of stuff lately. Um, so apparently releases on Tuesdays do significantly better than any other day. And I read that and I started looking into it and like my hits completely fucking show that even when I just drop it at like 10 or 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, those shows go way better than when I drop it at like 1am on Wednesday. Like that's fucking crazy. Wow. I, I don't know why you guys like Tuesdays so much, but right on, dude. It's when all everything hits the internet, so they're in download mode. I guess, and maybe it's because like albums drop on Tuesdays and uh, movies, like everything. The home video market. Yeah, so there's something to it. There's definitely something to it. Maybe it's because you're in the second day of, of your work week, if you work a typical work week, which I know a lot of us don't, but you know, a lot of us do. I'm not... Con- like I'm not counting myself in that, yeah. but 
Uh, so maybe that's got something to do with it. Like you're on day two and you're just like, fuck, this week's never going to end. Like Monday, you sort of accepted it. Like, ah, oh, shit, I got to go back to work. So you're like mentally prepared. But Tuesday is like the brutal day. Tuesday's just like, God, I'm not even halfway through this bitch. So that's my guess. Do you have a theory on that one? Everybody's gotten past the Game of Thrones de- download, so they're looking for something else. <laughs> you just think it's Game of Thrones related? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Game of Thrones economy. We've all had to adjust. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when it goes out. It's going to hey, be There's crazy. only like 10 episodes left. Yeah. Because um, they, they had announced um, last week that they're only doing a short season next season. Yeah. And that'll be the final season. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I mean, I'm happy. Look, it looks like they're probably going to go out on top. So that's great. I'm not bitching there, but it would be nice to at least get the full 10. (laughs) But I will say kudos to them. I would rather have a short, tight season than a long, shitty season. God, it's amazing how much faster this season has progressed, like storyline. Yeah. I mean, I remember a couple seasons (laughs) ago when... I guess spoilers, Jamie got captured, Jamie Lannister, mm-hmm. and they spent six episodes getting back to King's Landing. Let me ask you a question about this this most recent episode. We'll just get right into it. Um what is your connection to Ian McShane? Is it just Hot Rod? Did you did you watch any Deadwood? I didn't watch any Deadwood. So my biggest immersion <laughs> To Ian McShane is probably Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> part three? Part one. He what? plays Tai Long in part one. Oh, okay. I knew he was in part three. I remembered hearing No, him. he's not. Yeah, he is. Dude, he totally plays somebody. Maybe that's... No. No, never mind. It's J.K. Simmons. Is no, no, no. I was, I was thinking of uh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> Different Sunday Night Joy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, my so my biggest thing with Ian McShane is fucking Deadwood, which I think a lot of people are. I, I mean, I, there's no joy like hearing Ian McShane say "cocksucker." <laughs> you should like seriously. I recommend this to anybody listening to this. Just check out Deadwood. Check out the first episode at some point if you have HBO somehow or whatever means to check it out. Um, it is an amazing show. It's just fun. Like, I don't like Westerns. I really don't. Every now and then there's one I like, but it's not a genre I'm particularly fond of. It's a fucking great show. It's so much fun. It just goes in, like, crazy directions that you would never expect. And uh, it's it's fun, like, all the swearing in the show. I don't know why. It's, like, my eighth grade joy. <laughs> <laughs> like... But everybody swears every other word, and it's written in iambic pentameter. So if you, yeah, which is completely fucked up when you find out how David Milch made that show, the showrunner, because he would like have a scene already, and then somebody would say something, he'd suddenly get an idea, and he'd just like just throw off the whole day of shooting and just say, "Go home, like we'll call you back tomorrow," and they'd have completely new set. And like new lines and everything that they'd have to memorize the next day. And he just completely changed the scene on the spot. So if you're looking for something that's historically accurate, and yeah, eh, no, because I mean, they hit the milestones, but like, you know, like Wild Bill Hickok, like his demise and things, you know, those kinds of things are in there for sure. 
but it's all the day-to-day stuff like it's just made up on the fly it's a it's a pretty incredible show but that so i really enjoyed seeing ian mcshane in game of thrones but then like it's really funny because i was sitting there watching it and uh as soon as he shows up like a minute into his dialogue my wife goes oh he's gonna die this episode and i go yeah he kind of let that out of the bag like forgetting for a second my wife doesn't care about reading any of that kind of stuff and she's because he basically he went out and said like that he was in game of thrones and then somebody's like oh really like how'd you brutally die kind of joking he's like oh it's in the first episode like i'm only in one episode and they hang me like he just straight up (laughs) said it this was like i don't know last summer that he fucking said it or something like he said a long time ago and so it's stuck in the back of my head because it's ian mcshane and uh so we're watching it my wife's like yeah this guy's gonna die like very quickly this episode and i go oh yeah i let it out of the bag and she goes i just mean because he's happy (laughs) and i was like that is such a good fucking point like you don't have to know anything else uh, like anything outside of the show about what makes the show to realize that like this dude's fucked like how much happiness is there in game of thrones like really there's really no no joy in that show (laughs) like like everybody the biggest the closest you can get to joy is not dying like dog returning like that was a yeah that was a joy for us because i'd like i sat there and watched it and i I gotta go back and listen to the episode after uh, that we recorded the episodes but that's a totally different reason yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i can i could listen to lady uh terrell talk for days yeah just throwing shade at cersei (laughs) <laughs> yeah she's a funnel broad <laughs> but uh yeah i, I want to go back and listen to the episode though because i i'm i remember very clearly thinking like he's not dead like there's no way he's dead because they didn't show him die like it, they gave the impression that he was gonna die because she left him for dead but they didn't show him die so that was the big thing but here's the thing about it like they didn't go back to it for a long time so then i just assumed he was dead and didn't think about it anymore because any other show i would be thinking constantly this character is coming back but because game of thrones has such a great track record of actually killing their people yeah until this season (laughs) that they fucking earned it but this season they're just like hey the gang's back together again so that's is that the second character i mean it's the third really because that one dude they like drown him to become king and then like he cops it out and he's fine without cpr so that's three characters one other guy that has come back from the dead and it was second or third season where he's like in some weird brotherhood that can die and come back to life. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think they said in later episodes that it was an accident. Like, they didn't mean to bring him back. It's just something that happens. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who knows? Because but... didn't the one guy I'm talking about, didn't he like stab himself and then die and come back like minutes later? I don't remember. I do remember them having like... A battle between two knights around a campfire and the guy being impaled and then yeah. him coming back to life and them saying like it was a god's will. Yeah. That's that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. I feel like that was maybe involving Stannis somehow, but I could be I mean not Stannis in the fight, but I mean like around his camp yeah. or something. 
So, because isn't that how uh, uh, what's his face got the idea for Jon Snow to to be resurrected from? Hey, Davos got some plans. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. Let's see what else happened during that episode. I'm trying to remember. I like Davos going in front of the little girl, uh, Lord, trying to get. Oh the, yeah, with Jon Snow and Jon Snow and Sans are just like fumbling, and Davos saves the day and gets 62 men. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> yeah, they might be fucked. <laughs> it's it's definitely an uphill battle at this point. Has Jon Snow got to think that his sister is like the most conceited woman ever? Because he missed all of her hardships. And like she was super conceited and like talking about how she'd be queen of the north someday. And then um, and then like they all get split up and go away. And she doesn't he doesn't see any of the shit that Sansa goes through. And then they're back together and she's super demanding and like kind of acting like she used to a little bit a little bit yeah like she's returned to form for first season form <laughs> like little finger just fucking brought the <laughs> brought the bad back to her not, i mean it's not like any of that shit wasn't deserved but i'm just looking at her demeanor and stuff and i'm like how does that play with Jon snow you know he doesn't seem like he's totally full into this no, he's definitely not. I think because they had the scene at the very end of the episode where Sansa was writing a letter to somebody. I think she's writing to Littlefinger. Oh, to get more troops? Yeah. That's a mistake. I would not trust Littlefinger for anything. God, this is what this is why I said you should have killed him. <laughs> because now he's gonna fucking he's gonna fuck her world up. You can't trust Littlefinger. Yeah, you never know what game Littlefinger's playing. Some game with his little finger, and that digit is going to go right up where it's going to screw everything up. <laughs> There's going to be shit all over the place. <laughs> Damn little finger. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's see, what else is going on? I feel like I've seen no pop culture because I spent all my time editing this week. <laughs> Fighting with my computer. Uh, let's see, what else did I? I got a fun game we can play if you want to do this. Let's get into that. Okay. So, I'm going to have you pick a number one through eight. We're going number seven. Dogs, silence. All right, we're going number seven. Okay. So, I'll open up to a random page here and we're going to look at a movie and we're going to decide whether this movie is dated or whether it still stands the test of time if we've seen it i mean there's even once in here i haven't seen this is my dvd folder i made sure to not grab the blu-ray folder because <laughs> that's all stuff that i still want to watch for the most part okay so he said seven footloose does Footloose stand the test of time? Hell yeah, it does. Now, is it just does it stand the test of time or is it nostalgia? That's what you have to think about. Because Footloose was shoved down our throat like uh, you know, when we were kids, like it's always on TV or it was for a long time. I can't time. impartially like disconnect from Footloose. 
Okay, so you think... <laughs> so it is you are maintaining that Kevin Bacon slam dancing in a factory listening to 80s music still stands the test of time? Still wonderful. All right, I can stand by you on that one. I think that's one that like at least teenage girls are still going to love. My kids still like it. Oh, they've watched it. I don't think I've played it for the kids. Yeah. I probably should. I uh, What did I play today? 16 Candles. The uh, most questionable PG movie you can play in front of a bunch of kids. There's a couple of times I had to fast forward. <laughs> There's like a big shower scene that I forgot to like get onto. Which, how could I forget the shower scene, dude? And like all the kids were like, ah, ew. And I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> There is some other stuff too. <laughs> but yeah, that movie's PG. And like when I was looking at it, I'm like, really? That's PG? Like I could have sworn that was an R rated movie, but no, it's PG. You could show boobs in a PG movie in nineteen in the early eighties. Yeah, I, that was probably P pre PG thirteen. Oh, it was definitely pre PG thirteen. It was definitely because this is like 16 Candles, you're talking about one of John Hughes' early movies. So it's definitely like early 80s because he was like, he was one of the biggest directors of the 80s, I feel like. Or at least his movies were the biggest with like the young people. The young folk. The youngins. The younglings. (laughs) (laughs) Throw out a little Star Wars reference there. Okay, pick another number. Three. Three. Okay. Will Ferrell, the best of Saturday Night Live. No, I'm not going to count that one. We'll go to a different page. The Hangover. Does The Hangover still hold up? I feel like that one's going to get dated. Is going to get dated or is dated? You know, I feel like it's already dated. I feel like it's already dated. Like, you know why? I think the the sequels didn't do it any justice. Oh, no, not at all. But I also think that there's a thing where whenever comedy... I was thinking about this a lot. Whenever comedies, when they hit mainstream and people listen to them all the time and, like, start quoting lines back, that's when people start to hate that movie. I was thinking about that because we're having a conversation with Brent. And uh, I'm trying to remember if it was on mic or not, but we were talking about... Was it Austin Powers? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Was that on Mike? I can't yeah, even remember. Yeah, that was on Mike. Okay. So we were talking about Austin Powers last week, and uh, he was saying that he can't even do it because it's just like he's heard every line. He's just like, bleh. But I think there's a thing behind that. Like, it ruins the magic of the moment. Like, if you're watching it and you're pulling out this random scene without any context for it, when you have the context, it's, like, not necessarily going to be funny. And I think comedies sort of lose their magic over repeated viewings a lot of the time. Like, there's some I still like, but when I watch it, I'm just like, I don't laugh a lot. Like, Ghostbusters, I still love Ghostbusters, but, like, that's because it has elements that aren't comedy in it. Because the jokes don't work on me anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, I have I've can recite Ghostbusters by heart just from when I was a kid playing the VHS over and over again. Or as the international trailer I watched today, Ghostbuster. <laughs> so, <laughs> like had this whole, it was all the trailer was completely in English and had like Japanese subtitles at the bottom, and then he's like Ghostbuster. 
<laughs> look at the very end. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's fun. I'm I I for one am looking forward to Ghostbusters. I am too. I think we made this case yeah. last week though. And I it's kind of funny reading some of the vitriol that's out there on the internet. And I mean, I I get some of the points to it, but it's still Ghostbusters at the end of the day and Yeah. And I do feel like a lot of people are just like missing the point of like like dude, relax. It's women. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I do think there's a lot of that. You know, like and it, people it's that are not just really mad that so it's much women. about like a lot of the stuff I've been reading last week or so. It's not so much hatred that it's a women-driven vehicle, but the fact that they're doing a new Ghostbusters. How dare they? That's stupid to me, though. Like, who cares? I mean, that, that's what it it like feels like it's boiling down to. I don't know. I never understood that mentality. Like you have the older ones there. I just like, I it's, I guess it's when it feels like a total cash grab to me. And like, they're not really trying to make anything good that I get pissed off. But I feel like the people that are involved in this really want to make a good movie. And maybe that's just me, but like Dan Aykroyd to a degree, I feel like is going for a cash grab. But I do feel like the actresses involved, like they tend to bring their A games. Like Kristen you know, Wiig, the, she's good in everything she's in. The lead roles in that I can really stand behind. Yeah, I mean I do like all of the the actresses that are on there. I think Leslie Jones is one of the most underrated people on SNL. I right think now. she could really blow up. Like I really do. I I don't know if it'll be this movie, but I feel like with the right movie she could blow up. Like she just has that attitude that's hilarious. That just that blunt way of saying shit that's just so much fun to listen to. Um I don't know. Like shit nobody does angry like Leslie Jones <laughs> and it's really funny. But, or like the big black woman men- mentality that like, like her flirting with Colin Jost on SNL, I think is hilarious. Yeah. I still don't know what Kate McKinnon's doing in this movie because they haven't really shown much in the trailer. Like she's, she's been just, really quiet in the trailer. Yeah, she just sort of stands there and she makes like a quiet line or two. So I don't know what her character is doing, but I guess we'll find out. I like the look she's got. <coughs> With the uh, the real Ghostbusters cartoon Egon, <laughs> yeah, I guess that is what that is. I, that always bothered me in that did cartoon. Did you ever? Did you ever watch not the real Ghostbusters, but the, the Ghostbusters? The British Ghostbusters. Yeah. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Did you know that 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 like that was not the ripoff? Yeah. The one with the gorilla. Yeah. Like that was the original Ghostbusters. Like all the producers of Ghostbusters had to pay to like use that name. It was already an established name and it was a cartoon, I think in Great Britain, but yeah, it's got like a, like a gorilla that went with them. Yeah, it was, <coughs> I, I mean, I can't remember any of it, but I remember I watched I remember a not, lot of it. Oh, I remember being so pissed every time I saw it because I would like, You'd see it in the little preview guide. Remember the preview guide? It was like the channel that would show you all the channels. 
and like what's on every channel so i'd watch that and i'd say like oh yeah ghostbusters and i go over and i'm like what is this shit i was looking for the real ghostbusters (laughs) but i always wonder what was up with egon's like caricature like the other ones looked they didn't quite look like them but they looked close enough but egon was just like okay like harold ramis had like short black hair and this dude has like, like the 80s full white style pompadour. Yeah, like he looked like Farrah Fawcett's hair on top of his head <laughs> with like Janine glasses, like big red glasses. And I was like, Janine, they got right, by the way. But that was the only one that got right. I and I'm sort of wondering if maybe that was like a like a rights issue or something. Like maybe they were um, they couldn't get Harold Ramis to sign likeness off thing. likeness. Yeah, and so they just like they made him different. But the same character. There's probably some validity behind that. Yeah. I mean, knowing what I know now about IP, yo, that's what (laughs) I'm guessing. I feel like I'm talking very deep today. (laughs) Um, Anyway, pick another number. Six. Six. All right. My name is Earl. I still rock some Earl. Yeah, I think that's relevant. I don't think we have to, to go through that one anymore. That's too new. Pick another number. Do, have you watched any Raising Hope? No. I think you told me it was good, though. It was good. It. I mean, it's Jeff Garcia who did uh, My Name is Earl. The showrunner? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, a lot of the stuff is in the <laughs> same vein comedic wise and in fact they a lot of the characters from my name is earl show up as not themselves yeah but the same actors show up throughout the series like william supley i'm guessing ethan supley ethan supley yeah because what else is he doing dude (laughs) uh darnell have you? That reminds me. Speaking of that guy, because it made me think of Mallrats. Have you seen the new trailer for Yoga Hosers? No. I still don't understand what this movie's about. Like I, was I have watching, no idea. It uh, it like I've heard Kevin Smith say that it's it's gonna be like a movie for eleven year old like like eleven year old girls. That's too dirty for eleven year old girls to wind up going to. <laughs> And looking at the trailer, I got to confirm that. That's exactly what it looks like. But poor Kevin Smith, dude. Like, remember when Jersey Girl bombed so horribly? And really, I mean, like, I thought Jersey Girl was a decent movie. But it, like, it bombed because he had Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez in his movie. Like, right after Geely, like, right after the Benefer thing, thing just, like, blew up really bad. Okay. Now he's got Johnny Depp, like, right face forward in his trailer, like, right on the heels of Johnny Depp being uh, accused of domestic abuse with Amber Heard, like, his soon-to-be ex. Fuck, dude, what horrible luck. What horrible luck, dude. Like, the second time he tries to do something slightly family-friendly and just, like, it's going to blow up in his face again. Yikes. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but I don't know. Is this the time we actually see a Pirates of the Caribbean movie bomb? When's the next one coming out? I thought it was later this year. It might be next year. It's hard to say. 
because that is such a huge amount of time that the public can completely forget about it by then. Isn't that crazy to think? But it's true. Like, shit just moves so fast that it's like, it feels like you just have to weather a scandal for like a couple, like a month at the most, and then it's gone. Like, it's just gone from public consciousness because you've already placed it with like seven stories. Okay, pick one more number. Just one more time. All right, we're going to go number two. Okay, Borat. Oh, Oh, that is so dated. Yeah, here's... Okay, hold on. Here's the shitty thing about that. (coughs) When we were talking about, like, Austin Powers and all that, like, the movie I was actually thinking about immediately was, like, Borat. And I feel bad because I watched Borat a while ago and that shit is still funny. But I know it's like nobody can watch it for the exact reasons we were saying. Everybody's always like, (laughs) my wife and all that shit like all the time. God, it's funny. I know it's funny, Brandon. That's what I just uh, said. (laughs) We used to, when I was living down in the grade, we used to uh, visit this local uh, movie store. <clears throat> and I ended up giving them a lot of money <laughs> renting movies over the years. And they were the person I was talking to the person that owned it. And she's like, had a whole box full of stuff that she just can't sell. And so she's like, here, just take whatever you want out of here. I don't really care. And there was like 50 copies of Borat in there. She couldn't even give them away. Wow. Yeah. And I was one of the people that was like, uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't even take a free copy of it. The thing about that movie, though, is like it has some really fucking hilarious par- parts to it, though. Like, it really does. Like, when he's at the rodeo. <laughs> that part is hilarious. <laughs> and he's talking about how you're Premier Bush. Like, I hope that they kill the Iraqis and, like, <laughs> like drink drink the blood from their skulls. Or just, like, all this horrible shit. But it's so funny watching the, the, the people at the rodeo just going, yeah, and, like, being really into it at first. And then realizing, like, what is he saying? And then finally, like, realizing that he's fucking with them and getting upset. Like, I, I don't know. I, so much of that stuff I really dug. Um, or the, the scene in the elevator where he gets chased out. Uh, he's chasing that really fat guy because he's pissed off at him. And they're, like, butt naked. Oh. And, uh. I can't that remember. That so hard to watch. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I don't care. Man. It's so funny. It's like, but the, the best part about the whole scene is they're going through this manic chase and then they finally wind up in the elevator and they're with all these people and they're standing there and they're, they're just like not doing anything because they're waiting to get off the floor before they chase each other. And then they run out and then you see the whole time there's this dude like coward in the corner watching it <laughs> it's just like obscured by that dude's huge hairy ass it's so funny like there's, there's so many like things in that movie that really make me laugh but i know that like the general public will never get on board because those catchphrases just won't die and we're not in the same place that we were then either 
No. Like, it really was making fun of Bush's America, I feel like, above everything else. Like, all the stuff that was prominent right then. And so, it's sort of hard to go back to that little section of time. But um, the Ollie G show fucking holds up like like nothing, man. I've but, seen it show up on, uh, it's on Netflix now. and I Is it really? Yeah. You should. Ch- Did you ever watch that show when it was on? Uh, a couple episodes. I think you would like it. You should check out that show. Like the Borat stuff he does is so funny, and it's not like the Borat he does in the movie. Like for or Borat, not I'm sorry, Bruno. The Bruno stuff he does is like completely different than he does for the movie because they basically do those segments where you know, like VH1, where they're interviewing people and they use the little quick snippets. And so he's interviewing people, and uh, you could tell like he's just getting them to go along, but they're saying the worst, like most horrible shit. Like they're sitting there looking at celebrities, and he's like, "Okay, we're going to look at what they're wearing." And I'm not going to do Borat or Bruno because I can't do it right. But he's like, "We're going to look at what they're wearing, and you're gonna, and you're gonna say, I love it or Night Train to Auschwitz." And they're all like so many like they're showing Paris Hilton and this guy's just like night train to Auschwitz. Like <laughs> and they they just show all these people. It's so bad. And and at one point, um yeah, the Paris Hilton thing in particular, like he says, Night Train to Auschwitz, and then he's like, Oh, actually, um our producers, yeah, like they're in business with the Hilton hotels. So and he's like, Oh yeah, no problem. Oh, look at what she's wearing. It's absolutely fabulous it goes off on this whole thing and it's so funny because you see like how full of shit these people are when there's a camera running and they're trying to be on tv it's hilarious dude like the ollie g show is really funny and uh just like the questions that he would ask some of the politicians is ollie g are just fucking they're so ridiculous like he would he would talk to newt gingrich and just ask he's like completely inane like crazy questions that nobody would ever ask a politician but i guess he got i found out he got away with it because they would tell him when they booked it that it was a show for like kids (laughs) so like they would come in here thinking that like they're doing like a nickelodeon thing so he could ask them these like completely like stupid questions that you're like why don't they just walk out of this interview but they'll stay there for a while and then he'll start to get dirty with some of the questions and that's when you can see they're like back on their heels because they're like what the fuck is going on you know (laughs) he just with the politicians it's really funny because you can see that look of terror for a second when they realize like i'm not gonna come off good on this no matter what so they just pull off the microphone really quick and walk away but uh, I do recommend like giving that show a quick rewatch. And there's, I think there's only like 16 of them anyway, like total. They're afraid if they did any more, they would ruin their chances for a movie because too many people would know who he was. So kind of succeeded on that front. Yeah. Borat was pretty fucking successful. I think Bruno was pretty successful too, but not, not nearly as much as Borat. Yeah, did you ever watch The Dictator? No. Not interested in the least. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I it was on my queue on Netflix for literally for years and I just never got around to watching it. I think part of it is like I really enjoy the comedy that Sasha Baron Cohen does. 
like there's just something really funny about watching him like fucking with people and having them buy into it but i don't know he's funny in talladega nights so i guess i should let it go but then i see these other movies and i'm just like i don't know like that new one he did that's supposed to be like an action movie the brothers grimsby i think yeah and i just when i watch the trailers i'm just like i don't know if i want to see this like I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it on video someday, but I'll probably be like the dictator where it just sits on my queue forever and I never watch it. <laughs> and I've wanted to watch it a few times because I know Jason Manzukis from the league, like Rafi, is oh, in it. Yeah. Because whenever he's like, whenever he does a How Did This Get Made, it's this podcast where they do like, they cover an awful movie. It's got like Paul Shear, who plays Andre in the league. And. Jason Manzukis and, and his wife, uh, June Diane Raphael. And whenever they go to plug their stuff, whenever Jason Manzukis doesn't have something, he's just always like, I'm still in the dictator. Like, you can <laughs> check it out on whatever streaming thing. <laughs> he's like, am I still in the dictator? Yeah, yeah, I'm still in the dictator. Okay, check that one out. <laughs> As if they're going to like put out a version where he's not in it. Oh, Rafi. <coughs> I'm gonna miss not seeing Rafi this fall. That's that's why you should like start listening to, to some. How did this get made? Because that personality, that is Jason Manzukis, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that is him. He's just constant. I don't know. Check it out for real. Just like pick out an episode of a movie that you like or that you're curious about. And just listen to it, and you'll fucking love it, dude. They just tear shit apart, and it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm like, like, how did this get made? They don't need my help. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think they're going to do just fine without anything from me. Let's see what else. I got some Game of Thrones books. I'm going to try and dive into that once the show's done. <coughs> they're not done but once it's uh um, on Reach break yeah after the finale my mom like f- like went and bought me all the extra ones but then i realized i had two of them already that she bought me so <laughs> so if you want uh the first one in feast of crows which is somewhere in the middle you can have those yeah i think i'm all right okay not a reader I have such a like backlog of stuff I'm trying to read. I get like the internet keeps getting in the way. Yeah, that and I just don't have time to sit down and read anymore. Because the internet gets in the way. It is. I swear to God, I used to be such a great reader, and I still read all the time. It's just shit on a computer screen anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have backlogs of uh, comics on my Nook that I haven't read. I've been reading a lot of comics lately. I read uh, Jeff Loeb did these this, the color series. So he's got this one called Yellow. And it's a whole book he does about Daredevil. And he's got one called Blue, which is Spider-Man. And Gray, which is Hulk. And they're all about like the people that they lost. And like how they met them, basically. <clears throat> so like in Spider-Man's story and it's six issues so I mean it's a whole book for each superhero but for Spider-Man's story it's Gwen Stacy and so it's a story about how he met Gwen Stacy and like their first kiss and then uh, 
Which like Spider-Man, just like you read that, you're just like, dude, you so, I love you, but you're such a dick. Like in a way, like his problems are like, like he's got real problems. Like I led to my uncle Ben getting killed, but then there's like, oh my God, do I want to fuck Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy? Like, it's like, dude, come on, man. And then he's got Betty Brandt on the side too. <sighs> I hope they do a little bit of that in the movie. Yeah. I like, just finished reading the uh apocalypse series some of those oh x-men, X-Men stuff so how accurate is it to the movie <laughs> right now the at stuff all. i've read is not the storyline they've used for the movie so when did the apocalypse stuff come out was it the 90s um i'm gonna say late 80s early 90s okay it's probably the 90s because people are excited about it <laughs> that's what i've been noticing is like with the x-men stuff whenever people go crazy over a storyline it's usually like the 90s with yeah. the exception of the dark phoenix but that was like an 80s storyline which once again like people are mad that they weren't accurate to the comics like that storyline is so fucking crazy and convoluted in the comics there's no way you could do that as a movie even marvel wouldn't have the stones to like put that out as a movie it's just too crazy. Like, I don't know. Sometime we'll have Zach actually, because he always gets mad when I talk about this. <laughs> Sometime we'll have Zach, like, come in and just break down issue by issue the Dark Phoenix saga so that we can, like, he won't intend on this, but he can at least prove to me that, like, it totally should not be a movie because <laughs> it's, too, it's too out there. But... You think uh do you think Hugh Jackman's gonna be done after Old Man Wolverine or Old Man Logan? As Wolverine, yeah. Yeah. He's come out and flat out said he's and I think that's his last I mean, one he's under contract for. So here's where I'm falling though. Wasn't the last movie like supposed to be his last one? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it totally was. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, this reinvigorated me. I want to do more. I think the money. Oh, he money... showed up for one afternoon. and <laughs> I think the money reinvigorated him is what happened. I mean, it's fine. I like you, Jackman and all, but he'll always be Wolverine to me. But that's because he's done how many, how many X-Men? Nine? So he's been in like eight of them, right? There was one he wasn't in. Or was there one he wasn't in? Maybe there wasn't one. The only X Men property he hasn't been in, I think, was Deadpool. I mean, but his uh, his His likeness likeness is in it for sure. And Wolverine was in it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, he said it rhymed with Wolverine. For all we know, it could be Listerine. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know for sure. His mutant power is his bad breath. Just. Repels women immediately. Because he was in the first three X-Men, the last three X-Men. Um, <laughs> All three Wolverine movies. That's nine. <laughs> Is there something we're missing? I feel like there was there a spinoff of something? No, there wasn't, was there? Not that I can remember. The only spinoff Wolverine movies so far. I know. There's talk about Gambit, but... They're working on gambit right now i think it's getting close to wrapped up yeah principal shooting so yeah way to go hugh jackman 
nine movies as Wolverine. That's crazy. How many? How many has Robert Downey Jr. done as Iron Man now? So we got the three Iron Man movies. We the got Hulk. Avengers. Yep. The well, three event, two Avengers, and uh, Civil, Civil War. War. Just practically an Avengers movie, but is there something I'm missing? I don't think there is. I think that's all of them, right? Yeah. Because it seems like when he's in it, he's a player, with the exception of Hulk, because it was the beginning of the universe. So he just has that little part. That's pretty impressive, dude. RDJ, way to go. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need my approval, but he has it anyway. <laughs> Good job, Robert. Do you think anybody calls him Robert? Do you think they call him R R D J? Do you think like his family members call him Mr. Junior? Call him Bob. We call him Bob. <laughs> that is like I love that. That is like the most douchebag move ever. <laughs> like if you know Robert De Niro and you're just like, Oh yeah, me and Bob went out and caught a bite last week. Like, oh Robert De Niro. Like it's like, yeah, douchebag. Why don't you say Robert De Niro? Like we all know who like you don't call him Bob. Come on. <laughs> Bob De Niro. <laughs> Bob De Niro. Yeah. That's always a way. Or you know how you know that they really know him, though, when they call him Bobby? Bobby. Yeah. The guys who call him Bob De Niro, that means they had lunch with him once or something. Like, they don't really know him. Like, whenever you see Scorsese talk about him, it's Bobby. Bobby De Niro. That's that's the real deal. I'm con- convinced. Because he did a lot of movies with Robert De Niro. And I've heard about a lot of stories about them hanging out. Like, apparently... At least throughout uh, a good chunk of the 70s and most of Lauren Michaels' run on the 80s, Robert De Niro and uh, Scorsese would hang out like backstage all the time on SNL. They wouldn't appear in any sketches or anything, but they'd just hang out and watch. Isn't that crazy? That is weird. Wouldn't that add like a lot of pressure to you if you're like on Saturday Night Live? And like... You're try you're nervous about being on the stage in front of millions of people, but then like to your right you're seeing Scorsese and De Niro. You know, I think a lot of people do that though. I mean I know but a couple months ago, uh Kevin Smith was tweeting him and his daughter Harley were watching SNL being recorded. Yeah. So I mean, it probably happens a lot. Yeah, but those two, uh, De Niro, Bobby, 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 and Bobby and Marty, Bobby and Marty. <laughs> well, you know, Bobby and Marty are, are total friends with Lore, as I like to call him. Is there a Lori? Lori, Lori, <laughs> Bobby and Marty and Lori, great friends of mine. Hang out, have dinner all the time. It's awesome. I'm like, Lori, you know what you should do? You should make a sketch show. You could have like a different host every week. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I was negative five, but whatever. <laughs> it worked great. <laughs> I guess I was negative four now that I'm doing the math. Because this is the 41, this 41st season, season, 41th season, I was about to say. That's not entirely accurate. And it's in the books. Oh, are they done? Yep. Fuck. I didn't watch it nearly enough this year. Because when I did watch it, I was enjoying it. And I could see that it seems like the cast has gotten their legs under them now. They have. Yeah. Which is like, I, you know, it's funny. When we did that, um, when we did the thing where we were rating all the cast members. We didn't rate them, but we were doing the bracket for all the cast members. It was like a two-part episode. 
And I think we picked Will Ferrell to win in the end. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff with the new people were just like, I don't fucking know. Like you knew more than anybody and you didn't know much either. And, uh, you know, a lot of those people that I was great and like, I would totally fucking love now and like, you know, rate them a lot better, but it's just like, you don't know them. Like it takes time. Yeah, that it first takes class, a couple of seasons for a cast to really gel. I think it usually does. Yeah. The one exception I can think of, and I guess they got better with time, but, um, after they had that kind of bad season, like it was the last for like so many cast members, like David Spade, uh, Chris Farley, um, oh god, just so many people. But uh, after they had that one really bad season, and like I want to say it was like maybe '95, they brought in the Will Ferrell cast, like Jim Brewer and like um, Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry, yeah. Anna Gasthire. Molly Shannon. Molly yeah. Shannon. Yeah, you have to get in all the females in there. They really made the mark. Chris Kattan. Uh, but that, I mean, that season was immediately funny. I remember watching that and being like, this is so fucking funny. And, like, I don't think the ratings were super good that season. Like, it seemed like a lot of people were just like, oh, it's shit now. And I was like, no, it's funny. Like, you should see this guy with really small eyes who's, like, screaming at kids on a shed. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember they kicked off that season with Chevy Chase and uh he was supposed to like he was they were doing was a sketch that with, about the time he had his own NBC show I don't know I honestly don't know what the fuck he was doing at that point but uh I remember they had it, he might have been promoting Vegas vacation cuz this would have been like 96 yeah does that sound about right yeah Okay, so it wasn't his talk show. That was like in the early nine, like really early nineties, right? Maybe late eighties. No, it's got to be in the nineties. Like ninety or ninety one, though. Like it was way early. I'm I'm pretty sure, and I think it only lasted a couple episodes. Yeah, you should check that out. Um, and I never actually saw it, but I'm not alone in that. Most people didn't. <laughs> I so. saw one episode. How was it? Not good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway they had this sketch where uh he was going he had like Lori was insisting that he was still contractually obligated to do some falls and he's talking to jim brewer and he's like jimmy don't take because he's like i'll take the fall for you mr chase he's like don't take the fall first you're doing back pills and then those back pills lead uh like drive your urges up and lead you to hookers and you don't have any control over it. And he's like, don't say anything. My wife is watching <laughs> like goes through this whole speech and it's like trying to convince Jim Brewer to not take the fall. And then in the end, he just shoves him down the stairs, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. But so the Chevy Chase show had 64 episodes, 64. Okay. So this was probably, I think this was like a, a weeknight thing, right? Yeah. It was a daily show. So and 64 we are talking about three, a little over three months. The first episode months. was September 7th, 1993. 93. Okay, it was a little bit later than I thought. Okay, guess when his last episode was. What was the first one? September 7th. Um, January... 
October 1, 93. He didn't even get four weeks. Oh, really? How did he get 64 episodes? I don't know. That's fucking crazy. So they must have recorded a bunch and banked them and just never aired them. All this is weird because it... I think they must have just done that because the last one they recorded was October 1st, but it episode 64 aired December 3rd. Oh, so they ended the run, but then they just kept spinning out the episodes. They didn't even mid hit the mid mid season mark. <coughs> that must have done like insanely bad for them to just pull the plug that fast. You know what I mean? Like after a month? Yeah. You know what? Next week we're gonna explore that a little bit. I'm gonna look up some history on that. I'm kinda curious about that. Something else I've been meaning to do too, and this won't happen next week, but I've now got the script for uh um like the Spider Man that uh James Cameron was gonna make for a while. And it like uses Spider Man like as a pu like a puberty metaphor. I'm fucking really curious what the fuck was up with this movie. Like, they sort of do it in the first one, but not really. Like, there's just elements left from that script, but I'm curious. There's white like, shit all over his room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's webbing just dripping down <laughs> over the wall. Looks like a Jackson Paul. <laughs> well, under a black light. <laughs> all right, well... We should just end it on the stolen joke, so take it easy. Had to get one Wilhelm scream in. It's been a while. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A Not Safe for Network podcast. Take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm -hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm -hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm -hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not Something's right. And the characters pick off. up on it right away and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like, like he's uh, Norwe like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. 
The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. Like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude. Oh, yeah, I'd that punching... I'd be about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.